This is Aaron Eisenberg. You know me from Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Nog, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Thank you all. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come grab a chair and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And I'm Dave Sellers. Yay, we're all here. We're all but M. It's M's birthday today, so she said, you know what? I'm not going to be on the podcast tonight. Now we understand that she's out at the Renaissance Fair with friends, and that's important. Yep. So... Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Em. Happy birthday. Yeah. She is a very young gal, so wish her happy birthday on Facebook. So, All right. So how's everyone doing? What's going on in uh, everyone's life? Uh, you know, we all often we talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world. But tonight, beyond that, we're going to talk a little bit of Picard. The Picard trailer dropped, or the newest one. And we got some big revelations out of that one. But we're here to really talk about sliders because this is our sci-fi diner pilot show. And we're talking about sliders and the impact that that had going forward in uh, sci-fi world and how it impacted the series. Sound good, everyone? Sounds yes. great. Fantastic. All right. So uh, why don't we talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world? Uh, Chrissy, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Well, um, I read Dracula, or rather, I listened to Dracula um, over the course of 16 hours because I drove myself to and from Michigan um, to visit a friend. So I decided to have a book along for the ride, literally, and I listened to um, Dracula, the classic tale of the vampire. And it was really interesting because I got to hear the origin of all, like of all the myths and the legends that have kind of come since, you know, cause we've seen Dracula in movies and video games, you know, and anime and different retellings of the story and, so it was really interesting to go back to the original source material and see it and get a much better understanding and appreciation for the other um, depictions of Dracula that I've seen. I will say that if you are a modern audience, the ending to Dracula, how they end up ultimately defeat the vampire, is probably a little bit of a letdown because... In our modern storytelling, we're used to the drag out, you know, action fights and crazy going on and heroic last minute saves of them ultimately physically defeating the vampire. The This is much more of a game of intellect between um, Helsing, the vampire hunter, and Dracula. So you're, you're not going to see him like swinging from the rafters and like having a silver tipped uh, crossbow stake through yeah. his heart or something. That's, that's not what happens. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah, um, well, yeah. If you haven't read it by now, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't read it by now, spoiler alert. Um, unfortunately, because of me going to Michigan, which was kind of a last-minute thing, and then starting a new job, I didn't get to go out and see the Joker. Um. So hopefully I can convince my sister to go with me this coming weekend. We'll see what she's she's doing. But I keep hearing really good things about it from all the people who have seen the Joker. So I do, like, based on what I'm hearing, I recommend making the recommendation for people to go out and see it. 
Well, I think I have to think probably as a psychologist, this is going to be a fascinating movie. It really is. Um, I know when I first saw the trailer, I was excited, not because necessarily because, oh my gosh, this is Joker, but because I knew how psychological it was going to be. So that's what like really got me excited. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Well, you'll have to let us know. Uh, David, Miles, did any of you guys see the Joker? No. Yeah. No, I haven't had a chance. Okay. All right. Well, well I want to go try and see it this coming weekend, David. So I don't know. Maybe if my sister can't come see it. Ah, this weekend. <laughs> well, maybe. Just say, I need a friend to go with me. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Very good. So, David, tell me what's going on in your sci fi world? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. Um, it's been quite a. Uh, busy time since we've last recorded um pretty much just getting excited for things that are coming up here i know we have the uh the new trailers to talk about for picard and discovery season three and also found out at new york comic-con we're getting another trilogy of thrawn books from timothy zahn starting in may this in 2020 oh. which i am stoked for that we knew there were more thrawn stories out there these will be uh, this will be a prequel, at least starting as a prequel, to, uh, before he left the Chiss Ascendancy. Ooh! So I am uh, quite anxious to, or not anxious. I'm quite excited to uh, to dive into these come May. Very good, very good. Well, Miles, uh, sci-fi. What's going on in your sci-fi world? Uh, I'm watching Outlander. Uh, the final episode of Killjoys aired last week. Uh, DC's Titans watched the final season of Glitch on Netflix. Humans' third season had, is on Amazon Prime. I'm really enjoying that show. That's it's about human human in appearance androids and the whole. Is it moral to build these things? Now that we've built these things, what is our moral responsibility towards them? And you have the androids basically rising up to uh, say, "Hey, uh, we're here now, and um, if you're not gonna accept us, we're gonna have some problems." So that 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 that's been really good. Uh, the first Star Trek short treks dropped uh, yesterday. It's Sunday night. We're talking, so it it, it dropped on Saturday. I watched that. It, it's on. Uh, we had some some Spock number one and and Pike on that one. Um, Watch sliders, or what are we talking about? I rented X Men Dark Phoenix, and I have to agree 100% with M. But unlike her, I sat through all of it. Uh, I don't know what happened, but this film was a train wreck. It was just, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I took, so I took one for the team there. Um, I'm almost finished reading the Stargate novel, Stargate SG One uh, Infiltration by uh, Susanna Parker Sonar. I think I have one more chapter left to read that. Well, it sounds good. Sounds good. So. Uh, so the the first short trek uh, that Pike and uh, Pike and uh, Spock, both of the guys we interviewed. Yeah, uh, and this is uh, we see Spock's first appearance on the Enterprise when he first joins the crew. So that was uh, interesting. Interesting take on that. Very good. Well, that'd be cool. I yeah. can't believe I missed that. Yeah, well, I forgot that was even coming out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't on my radar because they didn't announce uh, when it was going to drop. And so they, I just saw it Saturday on on social media that it, that it had dropped. So I was thrilled about that. And so we're going to get one more this month, one more in November, one more December. And I think one more in January before uh, the the next season of discovery. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, my sci-fi world, I am a, I watched sliders, obviously, and prep for the show. That goes without saying. I did watch Groundhog Day again and Spaceballs. Kiefer wanted to watch Spaceballs. He, yeah. he goes back to, he keeps saying, you know that movie we watched with Miles' dad back at his house before shore leave, like, last year? And, like, he keeps going back to that. And so finally we sat through and watched it. Um, and uh, he had a grand old time with it. Um and then we watch. Then I'm reading the other book I'm reading right now is Wings of Fire. It's a dragon series meant for, I guess, preteens. And Kieford read it, and we had bought it to listen to. And then he hated the narrator, so we didn't listen to it. 
So I'm going back and actually listening to it now, and uh, and uh, and I'm in, and and just you know just kind of see what the book's about. I you know I, I obviously I know that they're good books for kids, and that he li- he likes them. But since I have it anyways, I might I feel like I bought it. I might as well read it, right? Some uh, narrators just they don't, and you know this one, and 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 I, you know, the Wheel of Time series was narrated i forget the guy's name and it was a guy and a lady that narrated it and they were both they both grew in me and i liked them uh this female narrator is not catching me um but i'm i'm willing to let it see if it grows on me and maybe it won't maybe her ty- her style of narration just won't do anything for me i don't know but it's funny yeah. how that works isn't it yeah it is uh, you know you think about it you know there are certain it's like almost like listening to a speaker there are some speakers that just caps you and the next person they might be totally qualified and good but they just don't grab your attention it's kind of like that so or podcast yeah a pod same thing podcasts absolutely yes absolutely all right well so uh new york comic con was this past weekend or i guess maybe it's still going on yet this evening um but we got some interesting stuff to drop out of it anything you want to tackle first well, I guess we should talk about the new Picard trailer. That's That's been on any Star Trek fan's mind uh, this weekend after seeing that. Mm. I don't think it gives us much new stuff as far as the story, but we saw a lot of cool stuff. We, we see more who's definitely going to be in this series. Yep. And, and, and there's some nice little you know, Easter eggs and homages to th- things from the past. So... Uh... David, you saw this trailer, right? Oh heck yeah! So, what were some of the things that jumped out to you that you were that just made you really, really excited about Picard? Uh, Will Riker. Of course, number one being there. Um, that, that, that was a big one. Um, the, the one biggest thing that kind of got me really kind of curious is one of the the space scenes. You had an old like TOS era Romulan bird of prey. Yep. I was like, what the heck? That's just cool. <laughs> Out of place, but cool. Um, listening to Picard talk, whatever Admiral, whoever in there about, I guess, arguing about where, you know, Starfleet's principles and where they went wrong here and all this stuff. It's really making me go back to my initial premise or thought of really how what this show is kind of w- what's kind of going on in this universe at this time right and what's driving Picard to come back into out of retirement and kind of running around on one last mission yeah and I saw oh, the report it, I saw the report come down that uh, virtually everyone from uh from next generation will make an appearance. Or at least that was the discussion that seemed to be bouncing around the internet. Miles, as you were uh, as you were watching this, what were, what what other things kind of jumped out to you that said, you know what, this is this is going to be solid. I, I think it, it, it it's going to pay homage and 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 some love to you know Picard's history on the Enterprise. And his relationship with his crew. There's a really nice scene between, you know, Picard and Riker. You know, they're he he goes to visit the Rikers. So you know, Troy and Troy and Riker are still a happily married couple, and I think there might they might have a daughter in this if I if I saw it correctly. Um, I don't know if they're retired from Starfleet or what, but there's just a nice scene between them two. So we're gonna get, you know, those. You know Picard's relationship with his with his crew. Um, I, I think it's gonna you know be also with with the story, but it's gonna be very action packed and very you know cinematic in, in its t- telling. The 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 space scenes look great. Um, there's an interesting scene between Picard and, and Data. They're in their classic TNG uniforms, but um, you know, I don't. I don't know if Picard is in a holodeck having his conversation with with Data, but so there there there's there's strong. We're, we're there's a still strong embrace of what's what's come before. That's still going to be a part of this show. But 
Picard's got this one last mission he has to do, and if um, he has to do go rogue to do it, uh, he he he's going to do it because there's these new interesting characters that Picard seems to be recruiting to help them out on this thing. And yeah, the the, the classic uh, TOS Romulan birds of prey we see. I have a theory. I think the Romulans are just using whatever ships they have at their disposal to, you know, survive. And that's why we might be seeing them again. Um, we saw, a real, I mean, we, well, we see uh, seven of nine with two phasers shooting at something that looked pretty cool. Yeah. There, there's a little, I mean, I, I could spend several minutes talking about just, just <laughs> this trailer. It, 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 it rocks. It just, it totally rocks. Well, very good. I really want to see what they got, how they got the board wrapped into all of this. Oh yeah, they keep putting that bluish whatever board cube up on the screen. Yeah, the Romulans have a have a Borg ship. We saw in the last the last trailer. Are they trying to? Well, they also have a. They they have that uh, prison where there's a. It, it's like the, there's a sign that says several thousand. It's been several thousand assimilations from a year ago or something yeah. like, it's kind of like that safety sign. We've had zero accidents from a year ago or how, or whatever it is. It's so been, that, it's been 989 days since the last velociraptor attack. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, only a few more, I guess we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see, see this in, in January of, of 2020. That, I think that's, just, what that's, that's, that's what, what I've been hearing. So, so, uh, it's good to be a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of that, two other pieces dropped out in New York Comic Con. Then we do have to move into sliders. But real quickly, anything that gets you guys excited about the Discovery trailer? I didn't watch the Discovery trailer or the Lost in Space trailer, but any one of those that you guys want to talk about that has you have you excited about the next seasons of these shows? Well, Discovery is doing a really smart thing by... You know, no, I know we've said it before. By jumping nine hundred some odd years in the future, they're they're no longer connected and bound by canon and what's already happened that we know. So it'll be really interesting to see where they take it this season because it's never been we haven't explored this universe yet. That's yeah, the implication. Cool. It, the implication is the Federation is gone. Um, it when when Burnham makes it to the future, she separated from Discovery for almost for about a year. It seems so. There's like a reunion there. They showed us in the epi, in the in the trailer. It looks like it'll be it'll be an interesting season. And and like like Dave said, they're now now Discovery's not connected to the past, and they can do whatever they want with it because now it, it's in it's in the distant future. All right, and how about the Lost in Space trailer? That looked interesting. Uh, the Robinsons are lost in space, and it, it was more of a teaser than that trailer. I thought because we don't know where they are, but they're going to be dealing with other aliens and alien monsters, and um, and and the implications of what happens with, with the season finale. Well, very good. All right. Well, why don't we move into sliders? This is why we're really uh, talking tonight and what we're really talking about. Uh, for those of you joining us or might be new to the Sci-Fi Diner, what we've been doing is we've been visiting some show pilots, and we did uh, Ter Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. We did Stargate. And so this is the third pilot that we're kind of looking at. And we're looking at, you know, how these pilots maybe hold up. Um how did they do as far as setting up the show? Were they better than the show? How did the show do afterwards? And we just kind of allow it to kind of steer our conversation here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, about uh, sliders here. And, uh, Miles, you want to give us a little bit of an intro into, into this show, and then we'll just kind of take it from there? Sure. So a boy genius and his comrades travel to different parallel universes trying to find their way back home. Quinn Mallory, while working on an anti-gravity machine, accidentally creates a portal to a parallel universe. Eventually, his friends and unwilling participant accidentally get stuck traveling among parallel worlds, 
trying to survive and learning that sliding can lead to fatal results. A San Francisco basement physics postgrad student, Quinn Mallory has found a way to create portals to parallel universes. His physics professor, Maximilian Arturo, and his computer store colleague, Wade Wells, for a trip. A series of mishaps, ropes, and passing singer Rembrandt Brown takes the sliders off their planned route. Upon discovering a frozen world and where Russia rules America, the quartet begins to doubt that they'll ever be able to return to their world at any time soon. And um, just from a production standpoint, Sliders is American science fiction and fantasy television series created by Robert K. Weiss and Tracy Torme. It was broadcast for five seasons between 1995 through 2000. The series follows a group of travelers as they use wormhole to slide between parallel different parallel universes. Torme Weiss, Leslie uh, Belsberg, and John Landis, and David Peckinpah, Bill Dial, Al Barnett served in, as executive producers at different times in this production. For its first two seasons, it was produced in Vancouver, British Columbia. It was filmed primarily in Los Angeles, California, its last two seasons. Since its debut on March 22, 1995, the first three seasons were broadcast by the Fox Network. After being canceled by Fox, the series moved to the Sci-Fi Channel for its final two seasons. The last new episode first aired on December 29, 1999 in the United Kingdom, and it was broadcast on the Sci-Fi Channel on February 4, 2000. Now, now I do, I do, I'm going to start this conversation off. I, okay. I remember... In 1996, it must have been, Kristen and I were just married, my wife, and we were visiting some friends from Sight and Sound, uh, where, where we worked at the time or where we had met, and we were at their apartment, and we went to their place, and Sliders, at the time, was on Fox right after the X-Files, all right? And I remember coming and watching the tail end of the X-Files and I could not wait for the X-Files to be over so I could watch Sliders because I was much more into Sliders at the time. And if you know me, you know I love the X-Files now. I That that changed. But um, but I, I, that, that memory of watching it live as it was coming out, um, that, was, that was Sunday night for me. It was X-Files and then Sliders. And I just, uh, but uh, it was mostly Sliders. I didn't get into the X-Files till much later. But uh, for me, when I watched Sliders, Sliders for me was like the quintessential Stargate. And the show, the shows almost started the same time, uh, although Stargate, the TV series came out after. But the idea that you can go through a parallel universe in this case and tackle different issues with each world you come to, even though they're alternate realities, is very similar to the Stargate for me. And you got Walter sitting right there in the middle of both of them. <laughs> oh, you do. You do. There's, I, I mean, in watching this, I saw there was some of the supporting actors that were, uh, that, that, that were later being Stargate SG one, either as a, you know, a, you know, a one-off character or, you know, a, a supporting, uh, reoccurring character in, in, in later episodes. But yeah, that was, it, it was like three or four actors. I, I noticed. Yeah. He was on Stargate. Well, you know, they, mm-hmm. they did, they did shoot this in Vancouver the first two seasons. So that makes sense. So, yeah. So it was all, all, all there, all there. Um, so, you know, I did watch some of it then and I don't, I don't know that I've actually ever watched the entire series. Um, uh, but this afternoon when I went back to rewatch it and uh, rented it and I said, Kiefer, I want you to watch a show with me. He said, oh, it looks kind of old. I don't know how I'll watch it. And he ended up loving it. He wants to watch the first season with me. So I guess I might have to buy the first season. But he just he just really enjoyed the story of it, the figuring out whether they were really back at their own timeline or not. Um you know, we'll get into this, but but this episode has a great cliffhanger where you you think you're back home and then something you happens do. and you're like, oh, crap. Well, I guess not, you know, <laughs> but I guess un- I guess unlike Stargate, like Stargate, they always came home. This one, the whole premise of the entire series is I'm trying to get home. Yes. At least mm-hmm. in part. Mm-hmm. So. Chrissy, go oh. ahead. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, 
I first saw it um, actually as a teenager. So it would have been probably several years after it stopped because I'm not sure what time it would have been on. But if it was right around the X-Files, I distinctly remember my bedtime being around the X-Files on Sunday night. So it was probably past my bedtime. Could not watch it when I when it was first coming out. Um, and because it would have been 1995. Yeah. So then as a teenager, my dad rented the first season and i do think remember watching the first season i don't know that i got beyond the first season um but i did like it as a teenager enough to want to watch the the rest of it um and as i was kind of like looking up some stuff i didn't realize that there was a lot of connections like back-end connections between star trek and sliders um apparently tracy i'm gonna mispronounce his name Torme, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, worked on Star Trek: The Next Generation, and so it was similar to Star Trek in that, like, it's exploring. You know, even though it's a science fiction show, it's much more about the human elements and the kind of commentary that comes along with the interactions between the characters and the different um, worlds they find themselves in. And so it gives the show a lot of flexibility in terms of what kind of genre they can kind of play with each week, um, which is what I found in the first season. So sometimes it was like much more serious political commentary. And sometimes it was more like, you know, kind of fun comedy sort of thing going on. And so some of the sh- some of the episodes were very light and fluffy and others of them were much more serious. And I think that's, what kind of gave it some charm for me when I first saw it. Um, and the pilot episode kind of gives you a, like a smattering of all of that kind of almost saying like, this is what the show can offer you. Cause it, it goes from some like more comedy to some political commentary to, you know, the interactions between the characters. So I like it from that point of view. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it definitely has a breadth. And, you know, now watching it, there's certainly a little bit of a hokiness to it because we're, what, 20 years out, 20 years plus after the, uh, uh, more than that. Yeah, 20 years plus after the uh, original pilot aired. So there is certainly, it certainly is things that, that have dated themselves. But. Well, I mean, go watch the original Star Trek and tell me it's <laughs> right. not hokey. Right. Like, come right. on. Or Star Wars. Wait, sh- don't tell Dave that. He doesn't believe that. <laughs> that's fighting words pal yeah it's hokey and you know it yeah that's what makes it so great though hey you know see i got him to admit it oh. oh there's no doubt about it i mean it's, yeah. it's the hokiness yeah. that makes it great right right great. right uh, well uh, miles how about you uh, t- what about uh sliders for you i, I didn't see it its first airing I was aware of it. Uh, I was Star Trek Voyager and Deep Space Nine was on at the time. Those were my shows back then. Um, but I did watch it when it came to the Sci-Fi Channel, and when it was aired as reruns in the early 2000s. And I was um, using these old devices called uh, VHS recorders to record them, so I wouldn't miss any. But I I, I got sucked in. I loved the whole traveling to different earths and the, the whole what ifs what if elvis didn't die what if what if the russians invaded america you know the, the, and and the whole human exploration it did with other you know uh, other topics also it did it did a beautiful job of that i mean as far as it dating itself, yeah. You watch it, and some of it sounds like a '80s or '90s sitcom, and it's a little cringeworthy. But, um, but otherwise, I, I thought the I thought the pilot did a good job of kind of laying it out who these characters were, and um, just kind of hitting the hitting the ground running as far as them experiencing a, a Earth very, very similar to the to theirs, but also at the same time very very different uh, to the point where, you know, it's, it's dangerous for them. Um, I mean, the first time Quinn slides, he goes to an earth where green light doesn't mean go, it means stop. <laughs> and, uh, or, uh, I mean, or, and, and, and 
when it's red light, you go. It's that was kind of funny there. So, uh, just a small, subtle difference. Everything looks the same, but then, you know, just not on this earth. The, the colors mean something else. Uh, uh, and that's in that same earth. He had the, uh, it was not global warming. It was global cooling. You yeah. Know? Right. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and that's the beauty of this. You you could, whatever you, whatever, whatever, what if could, scenario you want to explore, they were able to do it on this show. Um, I, I, th I think the first three seasons were probably the best. Maybe, well, I'm trying to remember when, when the cast started changing. I, th the, it was, I saw it was after the third season. So, I, I mean, after the third, I mean, third season, that's when they, um, Arturo was killed off. They brought in, um, Carrie Wurz character. And then the season after they got rid of Wade's character and then put in, uh, Jerry O'Connell's brother. And then the, by the fifth season, um, I mean, it, it kind of jumped the shark. The only original character was, um, Rembrandt. Right. Um, but I, what, what, what they were able to do the first three seasons I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. David, how about you? Uh, going into this show and maybe rewatching it or watching it, what what was this? Uh, uh, what were your thoughts on it? Well, much like Miles, time and air, I had you know running two Star Trek shows, and I was in middle school, high school, about that time so you know my, I wasn't exactly able to stay up on a Sunday night um, to watch anything out of that and the uh, VHS availability I could never give them to buy me more tapes so I could record stuff and then they would get irritated because dad would want to watch something or I'd have the VCR set to record something else and he wouldn't be able to do it. It became a problem. So I guess yeah. we won that battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I never can't got imagine. To watch, yeah. I, I never got to watch the whole thing. Um, and then we didn't have cable for the longest time. So I didn't get to see much of the sci-fi, but uh, I tried starting to watch it back when it was on Netflix and got a good way into it, really enjoy the show, but you know, something else shiny caught my eye and kind of strayed away from it before I knew it was gone. But I did get to watch the pilot again. Um, yeah, it's got some of that, that cheese and that camp, but it, it, it was really enjoyable really enjoyable and it, it's it's one of those ones where i hope i can find it streaming for free someplace else because it's gonna be hard to choke down the bite the bullet to buy it right i did see on amazon the whole series is available for 20 bucks on dvd the whole series whole series okay yeah so that, that might be pretty easy to swallow right there yeah that's a little bit easier to swallow than a buck 99 episode but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i would agree yeah yeah. So as far as this, I, so I was telling a bit, I think before the show that, you know, um, maybe I mentioned what I was talking about too, but you know, my son just really enjoyed it and surprised me because I thought for sure the, how dated it felt. And I think what dates it is the effects of it. Um, certainly the special effects have gotten much better in those days. And I think there's some ways in which the, the script is written that also dates it a bit. Um, there was a line the one girl said that this is better than sex or something like that, and <laughs> and it just it just felt a bit off. Like I don't like I'm not saying you wouldn't say that today, but it just just how it felt into the uh, the rest of the episode felt a bit uh, like mid '90s, late '80s type of dialogue. Right. But, yeah. And and I will say that you know the the way that they handle I mean it's it's a problem with any science fiction or well really anything that you'd watch from like the eighties and nineties is the way that they would handle you know gender sexuality you know race those sorts of things we're at a different point now right. 
in how we think about those things than we were then. So it, you know, no matter what you do, it's it's gonna get a data. And even the fact that, you know, they included just, you know, a random African American singer kind of feels almost like they were just like, well, I don't know. You wouldn't have an African American friend. Let's just rope up this random person. You're like, well, no, wait a second. Why right. wouldn't he? You know, like you know. No, and I hear that. I thought about it, and he's like a musician, you know, like, um, because they, after all, African-Americans can't be the smart people. I don't know. Um, it, it, it does feel a little bit thrown in there. Uh, yeah. Especially and- the fact that it doesn't have like a, an actual role. Like, you've got Quinn the genius, his professor genius, Quinn's girlfriend, and just some rando who doesn't have any real skill set, it looks like, at the offset was just so not what they do today. Right, and, and he was almost kind of a comic relief character, right. which which would not go over well today to make the quote-unquote no. token African-American person the comic relief. You <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah, that, would was... be, that would be, I mean, even even like now that I'm thinking about it going, wow, that is, that is not... <laughs> That's so. Not, that is, that that's such a stereotype that we just don't embrace these days. So, no, <laughs> I mean it was it was progress that they were including an African American character. I guess you could say, right? You know, but that's not how you include them. Right. Right. Could we say yeah. that that is a yet another television sci-fi show error by Fox again? Um, to cancel, or, to, or or when they were writing it. Well, yeah, all of the above. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm looking back to that that era, and um, you know, one year later we have Stargate. Let's take Stargate um, for example. Stargate comes out, and they have a very strong female lead character that's integral to the show, Samantha Carter. They deal with they deal with they they in, in the first episode they're confronting the stereotypes that Jack O'Neill has about this female character and they're, and they're, and they're, they're challenging them right away. The, the African-American that they include in the cast becomes a central part of the, uh, and is uh, of the crew and is kind of like the muscle, but also is there, is there alien insider into understanding the gold and everything. And so, I think that era certainly had the potential to do it right. So maybe this is a Fox era or maybe it's just representing how this sort of comedic drama sci-fi show, the way it was typically handled back then. I don't know. Well, you remember, I mean, the, the, the people that, that produced it, I mean, they're, they're probably very solid writers, but the writing for, a network, whereas um, Stargate SG-1 was produced by Showtime, maybe they're a little more forward-thinking in when, when they created these characters for Stargate SG-1, where they're thinking for Fox, they're thinking, okay, we need create characters that'll have some acceptability with our audience. Whether that's whether it's right or wrong, I'm just trying to think. Right. Because because the Rembrandt character, he's a little more of a stereotypical. You know, his 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 contribution was to sort of provide comic relief uh, for the series, um, but less of a less, but but seemingly a less than constructive contribution. Well, and it could even it may have not been like, well, he's an African American character, so we're going to make him a comic relief character. It could have started off with, well, we have this comic relief character, and then they went, oh, we should make one of them African American. They're like, oh, well, the singer can be it. It'll be fine. Like, you know, they it may, I'm not saying that it was intentional their part or anything like that. I'm just saying the pro, it was, you can tell they're products of their time. Oh, definitely. Right. And, and in some ways, it doesn't age well, because when you look at it through that lens, you go, whoa, that is not you know, we wouldn't do that now. And I'm not saying that they were intending to be like belittling or anything like that. It's just recognizing that that's not acceptable today. Right. Now, did you guys say he's the only character, original character that made it the entire way through the series? Yes. yes. <laughs> did his, did his character change over time? Like, did you see an evolution to it? It's, 
it's been several years since I watched it from beginning yet. I think his character got better. I think he, he, he was a little less. I mean, he's very he's kind of very over the top in this. I think he, he's a little less over the top throughout the series. Um, but he's not a scientist, and so but you know he 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 finds throughout the series that his counterpart has done a similar thing throughout on other earths. And so he, he makes use of that. Um, and he's got good people skills. And so I think he's used better throughout the show, but, but def, okay. definitely for the, for the pilot it, it, it and maybe season one, it, it's a little more that stereotypical nineties thing. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, if he's, if that's the character they're deciding to keep through, you know, the, the entire show. Well, I hope what, they would at least think, grow him a little bit. Well, I think deciding to keep might be a little bit generous. I mean, they, uh, okay. they, they, they had the, the, their main cast made decisions to leave the show. Um, okay. I know Jerry O'Connell, the, uh, you know, Quinn's character was very unhappy with the way the, the direction the show was going after season seven, which is it was the same for, um, Gimli. I'm sorry. That's not who he was, but, uh, <laughs> well, but, but yeah, David Davis was very uh, ha- unhappy with the direction the show was headed. So I think there was some directional challenges as far as what the cast was liking, and they just said, "You know, we just aren't we just yeah. aren't doing this." Well, did did they want to get rid of John Reese Davies because they want to have some more young blood on the show? I thought he wanted to leave the show, is what I heard, but I could be wrong. Okay, that's but something have, we could check some out sometime, but. Yeah. But I, I think the beginning of the end for that show is what was when, when they got rid of his character, and as far as the kind of stories it told, it, it went more to. I think they, the the producers wanted to be more have more action, and so we will see that they they face these other set of beings called the Cro-Mags later on. We'll also see, for whatever reason, they they, they brought these bad 90s sci-fi movies and kind of made that the, the episode of the week. They, they did a, um, one with the, the island of uh, Dr. Moreau, and they did episode one with uh, Species. Uh, they, they tweaked it, so it wasn't that, but you saw it's just like um, yeah. they're ripping off from the island of Dr. Moreau, and they're ripping off Species there. <laughs> yeah, so this, yeah. Is, this is what they say about the actors leaving. I, I, have, a, I have a little bit of a blurb uh, here in third season transitions jerry o'connell was said to fr- uh, felt the first two seasons went smoothly, but there was a significant shift in creative direction in the series with the third season with fox network desiring to be more action-oriented show than thought-provoking john rice davies was the first star of the show to leave rice davies stated in 2016 interview that he had been critical of how the show was written calling the concept of what could have been the best show in television but most of the scripts had been given were incomprehensible gibberish and missed the potential of the concept. He said that Fox exerted too much control of the scripts as a part of the reason for his departure. Um, so- I, I would agree that it it had a lot of potential and it did felt fall short of that. I mean, yeah, we talked about this being a Stargate S show. I mean, you could do a lot. You could explore a lot of different social ideas and struggles and things that people were facing back in the mid nineties and address them in sci-fi television, do it very well and kind of uh, have it be thought provoking. And um, well, and and that's at least I've consistently said about science fiction is what I really like about it is that it's a genre that can look at social trends and then kind of take it and extrapolate it out to where it might go kind of like what dark mirror does is it looks at i mean that's all what that show is about is looking at certain social trends and then saying like okay let's take this idea and take it to some crazy extreme and what what might that look like yeah yeah well anyways it was a it it had potential and and clearly you see that here in the pilot we watched um, even though in the long run the series kind of faltered, where Stargate managed to keep that going for about ten seasons, you know, plus many spinoffs as a part of it. Mm. Um, and I think we could. I think it's easy to make the comparisons here because I mean, I guess you're going through a cyclical wormhole type device, but in this way, you're going to parallel dimensions versus different worlds. 
but still the same idea can happen. In this episode in particular, as you watched it, what were some of the things that you really liked about the way this episode played out? I like well, I like oh, Okay. Go, go ahead. ahead, Chrissy. Well Miles next. I liked the subtleties that it employed, that it wasn't like so up in your face. And I mean, it took a little while to get into the action because it was it was showing you the characters and setting things up. And some people might not like that as much, but I liked it. Oh yeah. Miles. I liked early on we got to we, we the question is all right, if the, if this thing with the multiple worlds, multiple Earths concept is true, what 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 kind of person am I like on another Earth? Am I a good person? Am I a decent person? Am I a bad person? Um, and we get to see that early on with uh, with with Quinn's character, his uh, his counterpart from another Earth comes and and finishes these equations for him, but but while at the same time though. He, he he gets him fired from his job. He makes out with his friend and um, uh, yells at his professor. Causes, yeah, causes problems with his professor, and his his counterpart is kind of a douchebag. So it's an interesting human exploration. And, and doesn't apologize to to him and say like, "Hey, I came in, completely screwed up your life. Did not care whatsoever, and this basically is like I'm just sliding around and." No consequences for me because I'm not going to be here that long. Right. I mean, that's, like you said, it's kind of a douchebag. He is, and he makes out with a girl, and he's married, so that makes him even more of a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> he's a terrible person. His, you know, you, it's it's an interesting, you know, exploration. You know, whatever person you are here, you know, what kind of person, you know, what 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 kind of person are my counterparts? And we'll get to see that throughout the show. That you know that, that we'll get. They, they meet up with their counterparts at different times. Some of them are decent uh, people and of other times they're, they're, they're terrible. And it's just that that's that interesting human exploration thing. Uh, nature versus nurture. You know, wh- what kind of person did I turn out, you know, you know, on this earth or that earth. So we, we get to see that right away. And um, we, we'll get to see with Wade's character also on the, on, on the earth where the, Ru- the Russians managed to conquer the United States that way it becomes a re- resistance leader and the, the uh, Artur on that world becomes collaborator with the Russians. Yeah. So it, they make good use of that. that, yeah. that that's, that's, that's what we want to see when we want to see a alternate history, alternate earth. What, what kind of person am I there? What I find fascinating with this, we visit, I guess, so other than the world they start in, we visit like four different worlds. The first world where red is green and global warming is global cooling. We visit that one briefly. And then we visit the one that's like a tundra. And then we visit the communist world. And then we visit um, what seems to be our world. And, um, And what's fascinating when they start out in a lot of these worlds is that you're uncertain as to whether they made it back or not, um, at least in the at least in the first one that he visits by himself, and then obviously at the end you think, okay, we're back, we're back home again, and everything seems like we're back home. And, and what, another interesting thing is, what is your relationship with those people on another Earth? You meet your mom's counterpart on another Earth. Do you relate to her? It, it, you know, is she is your mother, but she's not. It's it, it, it you know it, it it's kind of a, a, a mind bleepery thing, in that sense. Uh, and just one simple th- everything on this earth, the last earth they end up on, it appears to be their earth. But he, his father didn't die on that earth. Right, his father walks in. You're like, okay, well, I mean, that was a that was a fantastic cliffhanger for the first episode. Yes, yes, it was. And that, that, that's what I mean, and and this is something they did throughout the show, was you know sometimes you you would meet up with your counterparts, but sometimes they had scenes where Quinn met up with the the woman that was his mother on that Earth, and she knew he was a slider. Uh, it was just just a lot of cool stuff there. Right, right. 
other thoughts in this uh, on this episode in particular? We get a really good battle scene when they do that that jailbreak. So they, they they spend some good money. We got some good explosions, some good, a good a good firefight at the end. So they they give us some good action. Talk about stereotype. They put the black man in prison. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, like I said, uh, there's there's places I love. You know, Rembrandt. Other places, I'm like, uh, that just. I mean, it just. <laughs> that was fun. That was funny thir- thirty years ago. It's not funny anymore. But um, he did do some funny stuff in here that I thought the whole the whole people's court thing I thought was hilarious. I thought a commissar Wapner, yeah. and you know Rembrandt. You know he's there's a sense of he's unflappable. I mean, they're, they're threatening to f- throw him a gulag for fifteen years, and he goes, "I'm never going to watch this show anymore." You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the the jailbreak scene was definitely fascinating. Um and uh it was interesting to kind of uh I was looking at the date when it was out, you know, when did the wall fall? When when did uh Reagan tear down the wall with the Gorgachev that whole thing? Was that 89, 90? Yes, Eight, it was eighty nine. Yeah, 19, yeah, so I mean, yeah. you know, 89. One, one of the things that makes this work is we are just off the we we've just come off the Cold War, and so to have them tackle communism in this, this is still fresh in people's minds, and people are going to get it. I think if you were to do the same episode with the same content today, might be a little bit of a tougher sell unless you were like a history buff. Yeah. Well, the whole well, Lenin I mean, statue in, in in the park I thought was very effective. Uh, oh yes. for uh, for Arturo, you know, they, they 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 it's a statue of Lincoln in the park and uh, on 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 Earth Prime, but uh, here, nope, it's a it's a statue of Lenin. Yeah, I don't know. I think having, I mean, maybe not communist Russia, but I still think it would play well to, to modern audiences, just because I mean, we still have this idea that you know. Russia interfering with elections. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm not getting to that. Um, right. But you could but, easily, I mean, you could easily throw, you could either modernize a Russian involvement. Maybe it's not so cold war esque, like Lenin esque, like this was, but maybe it's, you know, Putin now. Yeah. I mean, or just they were successful. And what, what, it, what does that look like? I think there's right. um, a show, was it Man in the High Tower? Yeah. Man in the High Tower. High castle. Man, high castle. Oh, but that's Nazis took over. But you know something similar to that. Yeah, it is similar to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be fascinating. But yeah, I thought this. You know, I think this show. This show again. When you look at the pilot, uh, the pilot was done extremely well, and my understanding is the first two seasons were very well, and the third season goes off the rails a little bit, and then everyone starts leaving the show. And I think there perhaps so Fox cancels it at that point. And for whatever reason, and maybe Fox had too much creative control, they probably did right by canceling it and probably should have stayed canceled. But uh, they managed to get another two seasons out of it. So. Well, well the ratings were Fox does good. that. <laughs> what was that, Miles? The, the, the ratings were still solid. So. That that's one of the reasons why Sci-Fi Channel uh, took it. I don't yeah. I, I don't know if it was, was costing Fox or whatever. I don't know what what. Uh, I'll have to go back and see why Fox decided to to cancel it. But well, you know what's funny is I was doing a little bit of reading on Sliders, and the directors in the fifth season began to throw scripts at Sci-Fi that they knew Sci-Fi wasn't reading. So like oh, wow. sci-fi at the time said you can never shoot a character directly in the head with a gun. And they wrote that into the script and sci-fi approved it without even reading the script. And they did it in the show. And so they, they began <laughs> to do weird stuff like that. And I guess the finale, like the finale episode was done actually before the end of the series. And they ended the series in a cliffhanger. And there's different theories as to why that happened. But by the end, sci-fi wasn't even reading their scripts because they were just ready for it to be done. Wow. So I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. But. So, I mean, sometimes you just got a bunch of behind the 
scenes stuff and has nothing to do with ratings or other things. It's just interpersonal conflict between right actors and writers and directors and you know, you know the people producing it. And that unfortunately can really break a show or a movie. You know, you look at all the different people in a show that there needs to be synergy between in order for it to to be pulled off. And it's coming from multiple areas and especially from like producers, directors, actors, the studio, they all need to be working in a, in a core to make this happen and to, to carry this out. And if you, any one of those things become out of sync, it, it makes it a real tough go. It it sounds like somebody stopped caring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I don't know. This is, uh, I think we did anything else we want to say about sliders. I mean, let me say this, having watched this first episode, would you recommend someone go out and watch the first three seasons of this show? And we won't say all five, but the first three seasons. I would say definitely the first two seasons. All right. I'm with miles on that. I would, I would make some recommendation, you know, first two seasons, it's not some. It's not going to be one of my like. Oh my gosh, you have to go see it. But if someone was like, you know, looking for a show to watch, I might say like, well, you might like Sliders. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. How about you? Yeah. The completionist in me would say, yeah, watch all five. <laughs> yeah, that's a treadmill but- treadmill watch for you or something. But- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm kind of in there too. I, I think that I'm in for at least the first two, maybe the first three seasons. And uh, I think once you lose the central character, then it's going to be kind of a hard push. So it's just like the X-Files when they lost Mulder for like season nine or eight. I was like, seriously, we're going to do this. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well let's ask this question. Uh, would, would, would you, be interested in seeing sliders come back as maybe a reboot or reimagining i think that this show could definitely be rebooted i think mm-hmm. they'd have to i think i think they'd have to update the theories of how this might work but i think this idea of parallel earths and them finding a gateway into it uh would be interesting i, I just read a novel not that long ago of a uh where this, I think I was talking about in the show here, where there's this volcano erupts in Yellowstone, and through this part, these guys, these college guys, built this portal into like an alternate Earth dimension, and they have this whole scientific rationale. It's not they aren't sliding; it's more like a doorway. Um, but it is it is kind of a cool concept that you can go to other places, and the world's different. And there's a lot you could do with that. I think there was a lot of stories that were untold. Well, I mean, it would be pretty easy. All you have to do is start off on a parallel universe where it's Quinn's son finds his old research that he never quite completed because, I don't know, he fell in love and got distracted, and then he figures it out, and then, ta-da, Quinn's son is the one sliding around. Done. Pilot right. episode complete. You're all Yeah, welcome. we got that. You hear that, Fox? Maybe <laughs> maybe we don't want Fox to do it, but... Oh, no, 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 not Fox. Uh, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, I would. I would argue. I would like to see a streaming service, either like like Hulu, Amazon, or Netflix do this. They have the the resources. Plus, there's less constraints on them as far as how to tell their stories and how to depict their characters that the networks seem to have. I think they could do this right if 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 they was given an opportunity. Yeah, and I, I would say do it. You know. A, a reboot reimagining uh just just start you know blank slate um you know i, I think the outline of this show is still holds up the, the, the you know the idea of it but you know you want you you, you tweak the characters a little more as you know it, it would probably if you could do four you know everybody's got to well it dep- it depends on how you know I, you know, not everybody has to be a scientist, but maybe it seems to contribute more, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Or, or make it his daughter, not his son, his daughter. There you go. There we go. See? Yeah, we're thinking. We're thinking. Well, I, I and, got and, this. 
And the African-American character, I mean, I, I hate to say that the token African-American character, but, you know, you want to have a little diversity in this. Um, maybe he could be a uh, like a Neil deGrasse Tyson type uh, character, you know, be, be the, you know, be the one that um, is, is, you know, the the professor character. I yeah. was going to say he could be the professor and, you know. So, we're, so what we're cool. doing here is we're recasting. So, okay, we've got Neil deGrasse Tyson as a professor. And- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would bring, Jer- you know, uh, Jerry O'Connell back, but maybe more as maybe like a Bill Gates type. The cranky uh, uncle. The cranky yeah. uncle. We- <laughs> We get we get we get a younger actor to play the Quinn Mallory character. Actress, we just said it was an actress. Yeah, actress. Oh, okay, okay, that's okay. It's a young lady that develops uh, sliding, and she works for Jerry O'Connell's character. Um, but but he's you know he's kind of like this Bill Gates type, but he's kind of like the the salary to her Mozart, and so you have a. A respect, but a rivalry thing going there too. I think we got something. Yeah, I do. I do. There we go. I think we're recasting we just, the show. Not only have we reviewed it, we've now Recast have it. a pitch for the new one. All we need now is for Netflix, Amazon to call us, and we are going to be so rich. This is That's awesome. right. We're, we're quit our day jobs and do this full time. <laughs> so, that <laughs> would be dream. that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Be very fun. Right. So do we know what do you know what pilot we're doing next? We, we didn't really talk about that. this. We gotta decide that, yeah. Uh, we did talk about Battlestar Galactica. We could do one of those pilots as far as I'm concerned, unless someone has a different opinion. I'm I'm up for new stuff. Yep. So are we doing so let's do let's why don't we pick one of the battle stars this time? Do we want to do the reimagined or do you want to do the original? Well, if we do if we do the reimagined, we have to decide how much of because it was it came out as a two part uh, mini series. So we would have to like say we'll watch maybe the first three hours of it because it's like six hours as far as the whole okay. mini so we, we agree to watch. Okay, we'll watch the first either three episodes or the first two episodes, whatever, whatever, whatever that is. And that's fine, but just unfortunately, they didn't that, make that, it. That's they, how, they didn't make it easy for a pilot. Got it. They did not. No. Okay. All right. We'll have to discuss. So yeah, there. we'll discuss this offline. And so this may be our next one, but be paying attention online, and we'll uh, be letting you know, listeners, as to which one we're going to be heading for and how much we're going to be doing if we do it. So, but I think this is a good All show. Right. This is a good discussion on sliders, and this seems like a good place to stop it. So, thank you everyone here for sharing about your sliders and your thought and for recasting sliders. We now have motivation. We can send our pitch to uh, the network. So. Yes. So absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Anyone else have anything else to say about the show? Uh, listeners, if you haven't watched Sliders, uh, consider giving it a, a chance. It, it, it's it's a nice gem from the '90s. Uh, it's in some places, but it do, it it does some it does some good things throughout the show. It, it's run though. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Leave your tips on the table. And go boldly. Yo, go boldly. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.
This song, Photosynthesis, was created by Cool Cat, whose music can be found on YouTube. For more information on his music, please contact the Sci-Fi Diner podcast.